I spoke with advertising guru Bill Overlander about what drove him to look beyond the traditional landscape of the ad world and start his purpose-driven advertising agency, Overland. Not only is Bill helping to transform brands to become more conscious and awake, in the process of this very important work, he too has learned what it means to truly find purpose. Bill Overlander, thank you so much for coming on the show and joining me today. My pleasure, flattered. So nice to see you. Great pleasure. (laughs) So we always start the show by asking the question, what do you believe? Um, that's a, uh, should be an easy question, right? Um, I could answer that question in two parts. Um, and this is chronologically how it happened to me. Um, I believe uh, I came to a belief system for my career first. And now um, the second part, which is a work in progress, is what I'm doing uh, for my belief system Uh, in my personal life um, and doing the inner work there. But um, frankly, I believe in purpose. I Mm. think that everybody is brought to this universe, brought to this world um, with an innate sense of purpose um, and asking a lot of questions about, you know, who I am and why am I here and putting myself to use in the service of others. So that's, that was kind of the, um, uh, the uh, genesis of Overland, the agency Overland, seven years ago, um, I had this idea of um, creating creating an agency around social good and social purpose. And the line that I wrote for the company, um, even before there was a company, was creating brands with higher purpose. And when I started using the purpose word, um, it was kind of lost on a lot of people. They thought it was kind of charity. Uh, they thought it was cute that I'm going to save the whales and hug trees. And, you know, um, I actually was told that I should probably get a cigarette account to pay for all that cute other stuff I was going to do. Uh, and obviously that's beyond wow. our neck. So, um, yeah, so I started the company with this notion that the whole world is moving to a higher, a higher consciousness place. Um, certainly with the millennials and the centennials, they're asking a lot of questions about, um, why they're here and they're not going to follow and, and live off the script of their parents and, uh, and the generation before them. Mm. So yeah, creating brands with higher purpose was, was the stake I put in the ground. And uh, I liken it to the digital age back uh, 20 years ago when Bob Greenberg from RGA or Digitas or you know, any of these digital shops, when they started, uh, everybody kind of thought it was novel and it was cute, but it's not really that important, you know, back in the days of BPDO and Ogilvy and Mather, you came up with a big idea and then the digital people, if there was 15 minutes left in the meeting would come in and then they would present their ideas for the website or maybe, you know, a couple of email blasts, but nobody really knew that the whole world was going to e-commerce and now digital is everything, especially with COVID here, obviously the whole world is digital um, and retail is, you know, that the retail, retail transaction is very much in the minority now. So, I always said that I think purpose will be the next digital. Yeah, well, you're right. Drive profit. I think purpose is going to drive purchase intent. Um, and I think that people, uh, consumers and customers really have to believe in the brand. Um, beyond, well, it's beyond utility. They have to know what the brand stands for. 
Absolutely. That's the career purpose. And then the personal purpose um, came later. And, um, and, and to be honest, and I, th I think I, mean, I mentioned this in our earlier conversation that I kind of started Overland thinking that if I could change the world and do good for others, it would make me feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. I thought that, you know, it would have some rub off effect that, you know, if I was going to help out, you know, the Nature Conservancy and uh, the Leukemia Thesoma Society and working with brands like Uber and helping them understand and tell their story about safety and all these different things that were doing social good for the world, it would actually fix me just by association. And that's really not how it works. So um, somebody said to me, oh, you, you started your agency to, to save the world and you forgot to save yourself. Wow. In, in, in the meantime. So, so those, are the, you, those are the two parts of uh, the answer of what I believe. So uh, th that's an incredibly comprehensive yeah, answer. Eric, Thank you. How, how the second part's going. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, you just, you just said something that was incredibly powerful, saving yourself. So what are you doing to save yourself? Let's talk about the agency. <laughs> you said it. Um, it's, like I said, it's a work in progress. I certainly don't profess to know all the answers. Um, I think, and we spoke about this earlier as well, I think that being uh, in the middle of a world pandemic and having more time by yourself, you're kind of forced to uh, look inward. And, you know, I live in New York City and everything's about being outward. You know, we're extroverts here and you go to the galleries and you go to the museums and you go to the restaurants and you go to the nightclub and about it, it's all out, 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 out. And the out is gone for the last five months. Yeah. So there's been more time to look in. And um, I, I think that I was looking, you know, for the last 60 years, I've been looking through the wrong, the wrong end of the, the telescope. I was... Um, doing all these things. And by the way, these, the value system that I had for the last six years was given to me by my parents and my sisters and my friends when I was 17, right? Like not really well matured. And I just kind of took on this value system thinking this is what it is and this is how life works and, um, and you're good to go. And I never really asked any real serious questions about who am I, why am I here, and what is the point of all this? Mm. So, you know, you and I grew up in the same generation. You got a, you got a you know, good education, you worked hard, you got credit cards, then you bought a car, and then you bought a house, and you got married, and you got kids, and blah, blah, blah. you know, and it was all this exterior um, validation that you're doing well, you're doing good, and you're successful, right? So, um, you know, I mean, I grew up in the advertising because it's Madison Avenue. It's all, it's, it's, the, it's the land of imagery, imagery and images and uh, aspiration and getting a bigger car and getting a faster boat and getting a second house in the Hamptons and like all that gaining and grabbing and just looking for the next thing that'll make you happy. Mm, yeah, instead of looking uh, inward. And, you know, as I said earlier, I was working at a big agency back and forth to Microsoft in the room with Mike Bloomberg talking about his organization. And I think I was flying to Ohio for Nestle. And, you know, it was, 
it was a very shiny job, but yet it, it kept me feeling um, more and more as I turned 50, uh, it just felt more and more meaningless. And um, I had to kind of uh, tap the brakes and think, you know, maybe I need to reevaluate this value system that I adopted when I was 17. It's just not working for me anymore. Mm. Um, maybe it's just the fact that I've been on the planet for these 59, 60 years that wisdom started to seep in. Um, and mm. so that's, that was kind of the step change is that I um, realized and through, through some good coaching from some really great friends that I have been missing the fact that I am a divine spirit. Just Wonderful. I love it. And I'm already good. I love, I love this newfound sense of soul because it sounds like you have really found your, you've, got, you've gotten to know your soul. You, you, you're coming into one. I, I would say my soul is a, uh, a recent acquaintance. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's, yes. It's very novel right now. But I, you know, I would, I would, I would constantly be saying, you know, uh, if I um, got my son into, into the best school, I would feel better. And, you know, if I got that house in the North Fork, I would feel better. And all these exterior things never were good enough because I forgot the fact that it's all about being joyful in the very fact that I'm this divine spirit and I keep trying to define myself with these outer things, these experiences, these human experiences that are just floating by. And the next one that floats by, I identify with. And I'm like, that's who I am. Mm. And it's absolutely broken. And I've also, you know, spent a lot of time worrying, trying to avoid catastrophic events, thinking the absence of catastrophe would equal joy. Interesting. But it's not. Right. You know, if I just did this, my company won't go, uh, you know, into our line of credit. If I just did this, um, yeah. I, I won't contract COVID. Like you're constantly try, trying to put off catastrophe in so many different ways. It's, it, it's sort of like a negotiation. But it doesn't really get you there. The absence of catastrophe is not the equivalent of joy. Yes, I so agree. I, I, I agree. Look okay. around and focus more on the basic Bill Oberlander for what it's worth mm. in spite of, or in, in harmony with whatever my exterior surroundings are. Yes. Well, the thing is, is it really loving yourself. It's, it's a, it's an exercise in, in, in self love because what I hear is you never really got to know yourself and you never really liked yourself because you didn't know who that was. Everyone was telling you, who you needed to be and what you needed to do. And you thought I need to be, I need to be uh, an owner of a company. I need to own a house. I need to have kids. I need to get married. But who, who am I? And do I like who I am? Yeah, I missed that page. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know, you didn't because you're on that page and you didn't miss it because right now is the point is the moment exactly when you needed to realize that. It is not that you missed anything. You actually got it. Because a lot of people go through life never getting what you got. What you're experiencing is incredibly profound. And most people in their lifetime never get to experience that and never know the difference. 
So my friend, you are way ahead of it because you have all of that experience to pull from. And you are in fact a teacher. You are in fact a teacher because you are. Because the thing is, you are on this podcast talking about incredible, incredibly private and profound transformations. These are transformative, incredibly transformative concepts that people need to hear. And in your speaking them, you are teaching people and you are an enlightened soul because that's, that's beautiful. Not everyone wakes up and meditates when they're two years old. Not everyone has that exceptional experience of being brought up by parents who know, the, who know what consciousness is. Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm very excited for you. Well, it's, it's a beginning. Um, I'm retrofitting it. So the company represents, um, you know, social purpose and social good. Um, and obviously if I do some, uh, some quick fixes to my own self, it'll help the company, um, propel even farther and thrive even better. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a task that's been uh, overlooked and uh, in the waiting for a while. When I say a while, I mean 50 years. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I don't know what it was. I just, I, I just remember um, looking for validation really early on from outside sources and outside forces. Um, and I just, for some reason, missed figuring out how to do without that and just be happy and still and peaceful in a moment of self-love. Mm. Yeah. I just remember my, um, uh, you know, my father was, a, he just passed away. I'm he so was, sorry. Uh, he, was a, he was a tough guy, right? He was, you know, he was brought up in the 40s and the 50s. And to be a man, you needed to be quiet and strong and carry a big mm. stick and um, and he didn't really have uh, the tools to be emotionally available. And, um, you know, we didn't really have a great communicative relationship. Mm. And I think that um, it's funny when I, when I would see his friends, his friends would say how proud he is of me. Maybe he, he, I'm sure, expressed his love for you in ways that were more action rather than speaking. Yeah, it's funny when, it, when, that, when those folks told me that, it always took me by surprise. Yeah. That how, mis how misunderstood we were of our parents. Correct. And I never thought that he approved. Mm. I think that wounding is what that's part of, that's a significant part of the wounding um, that I've been carrying that has created limitations for me. Yes, maybe for a long time you thought, oh, I, my father doesn't like me. I'm, I feel inadequate. There's something wrong with me. Why wasn't I, why wasn't I loved? Were you there? That's remarkably accurate. <laughs> I can, I'm I sure can. It's very unique. 
I, well, the thing is I can, I understand these things because A, I'm a coach and B, I've had my own experiences and with, a, with my father who I love, who also passed away, who was not very expressive in his love. Um, and, you know, the same, I can relate to everything you, when you described your father, you described my father, same generation, same idea. Um, but they had to kind of keep going and they're tough. They were tough, you know? Um, but my mom was the more emotional, maternal hugger and all of that. My father hug, he, he, he didn't want to be touched, you know? So how do you survive in that, in that, in that environment and become someone well, who is, you know, you get brainwashed, um, you get programmed, right? Um, and then at 17, you go off to college and that's it. You're locked with that program hmm. and you do your best to carry that forward. And, you know, back in the, in the, in the 80s, it was all about financial success and, and status and being seen and, you know, all those things that are superficial and hollow. So it hmm. takes a while for that to run out and uh, not have its, um, its place in your life anymore. You know, I also have the opportunity to be a father, so not to repeat that cycle, to break the systemic um, lack of communication. So my kids always tell me that I overshare. Yeah. And I say, there's no such thing. Oh, yeah. So true. That's beautiful. It's true. Well, I mean, you're a wonderful father. And you're, you, are, you broke the cycle by being a father. Um, well, that was, I mean, the fact that I had, I grew up with three sisters and no brothers and the fact that I had two sons is already a blessing. Um, and I knew I had a lot to work with that I knew I had a lot to make up for. Mm. Wow. So they're only, they're only 24 and 22. So it's still early days. William, William is uh, my oldest. He's very much in this space of asking these questions. Why are we here? What does this all mean? Uh, what's the point? I remember him in college saying, what is hump day? And I explained to him like, you know, it's Wednesday and everyone's exhausted and, you know, we've got two more days to go. And, and he's like, what is TGIF? Why is everyone saying, thank God it's Friday? The week was so horrible. Now the weekend's coming and um, now you can just relax and, 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 and enjoy yourself. And he's like, I don't get it. Like, why does Wednesday feel different than Saturday? What are these paradigms that you've created in this capitalistic world where it's about pain and then relief from pain, which gives you the weekend, which is supposed to be joyful. It's all the same, dad. It's wow. just, and you can write the script any way you want. You can paint the canvas any way you want. Yeah. So this rigor of, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five performance reviews, bonuses, validation. It's kind of bullshit. So I'm going to go to the desert and eat rattles, rattlesnakes. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Good for him. Maybe we could find a happy medium. No, he's, a, he's actually an environmental designer. Uh, and he lives and works in Santa Monica. Uh, he, he does do a lot of camping and sleeping naked under the stars, which I think is really great. That's great. So, I mean, he sounds wonderful. So, so what in terms of purpose? Because to me, this all makes sense, the fact that you have a purpose-driven agency. So in, 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 in essence, you were always in yourself looking for purpose. 
What was the question? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, the purpose was with purpose. The, the agency, you know, Overland was um, a reaction to the fact that I found the businesses I was working on to be um, meaningless. And I think I mentioned right. earlier, I was on I was on the council, the uh, Creative View Committee, of the Ad Council and would sit in those meetings and we'd be talking about how to fix, you know, secondhand smoke and breast cancer and teenage runaways and car crashes with, without seatbelts and talk about all these things that are really, really powerful in our lives, our everyday lives, micro and macro. And, and we're talking about using the power of creativity to change that behavior for the greater good. And I was just kept thinking to myself, how can I start my own agency and not sell frozen lasagna, but, actually do these things that are very powerful uh, in society. And, and that was really the, was in the back of my head when I needed to make a step change. And I got a call from a recruiter while I was at J. Walter Thompson after two years there saying, how would you like to um, get off the agency rat race uh, treadmill? And the offer was to become the chief marketing officer of uh, the Robin Hood Foundation. And, you know, I'm a diehard New Yorker. I have... Uh, you know, never ending love for this great city and Robin Hood Foundation raised about $250 million a year to help out hundreds and hundreds of grantees in the five boroughs. That's it. So they asked me to come on board to help tell that story to help the five the people in the five boroughs. And to me, it was such a perfect sweet spot for me because I could still be a creative person, uh, a creative director, but also be a marketing director and really work with you know, boots on the ground change for people that, you know, are neighbors in need, people that are, you know, not on the right side of, of, um, of their particular living situations. So Bill, what in your purpose of having a purpose driven agency, which was what I was trying to get to earlier. And I love the answer to this question, but really what is the purpose for you that speaks to your heart? Yes, you have this, per this purpose-driven agency. Yes, you are doing incredible things, aware awareness and helping people, and, and it's all important work. But for you, now that your soul is, is awakening, and now that you're seeing that, in fact, life has changed, it's different. It's totally different. You're, you're almost like a different person. It's still you. What do you what what now is the purpose within a purpose? What is that purpose for you now? All I can think of is is the word peace. Mm. Stillness. Um, yeah, just being in a place of peace. The the, you know, what's motivated me for the last 50 years has been fear. Um, looking over my shoulder, that's why I run so fast and go through walls and um, do all this rigmarole. Uh, and it's because I'm motivated by fear. And I'm trying to reinvent that and, and have it be motivated from something that's more uh, fundamental, which is coming from a place of peace, and as you said earlier, a place of self-love. So, 
that's you know the only word that came to my head when you asked that question was just being in a place of peace yeah quietness strength thank you so much bill thank you for sharing all of this beauty that is you and you're such an old dear friend and i'm just super proud of your of your transformation and thank well, you thank you for sharing Invite me back in a year and I'll, I'll give you an update and see how that went. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's a deal. All right. Safe travels. I'll see you in New York. Thank you. For sure. Bye. Bye.